Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. For a free record on my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go from the Southern Bank Corps studio. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studio broadcast every day. Here in Hattiesburg and Laurel, I'm Bob Getty. Kelly Sanders with me. Luke Johnson's in Laurel, and this is the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment every day is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, one of our I guess best friends would be Justin Harris and all the guys down at the Dickies. Great, great guys. Also at Fuzzy's Tacos, which uh, we've had a many a good day at. I want to encourage you to buy your uh, next meal from Dickies. We guarantee you and your whole family will be pleased. If you have a next event upcoming that you want to cater, well, Dickies would be the place to call. They do fantastic catering at Dickies Barbecue. All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com going to be joining us here in a little while. Matt Stoltz from Arkansas State. University, the Lady Eagles are on the road. I think they left today for a matchup tomorrow night with Arkansas State. The uh, Southern Miss uh, Lady Eagles are thirteen and six. <clears throat> and uh, let's see, did they they played Arkansas State, right, Kelly? Yeah, right, beat, beat them here. Yeah. So this yeah. is the second go around for them. Arkansas State kind of reversed uh, six. I mean, six and thirteen, one and seven in the Sun Belt. So you got to think that. Uh, both the men and women favored pretty heavily tomorrow night. I think if I think if they if they lose, it's like giving two back to the field, considering where the Red Wolves are in the standings. All right, Austin Crowley, Crowley. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I've heard different ways, but Crowley, I think, is the pr- correct pronunciation. Transfer from Ole Miss has, of course, been a big, big part of the basketball program. It's hard to just pick out one kid, though. So many are, are doing well, but Crowley certainly has been a big player. Kelly talked to him. Uh, yesterday, and we want to bring you that interview right now. Here's Austin Crowley. Austin, knowing what you've known, seeing what you've seen, now what do you think about your decision to come to Southern Mass? Man, I think it was the best decision for me, man. Um, I'm very comfortable here, man. The community loves me. I love the community. You can see the, t- the community loves us as well. Just uh, coming into the games, you know, the crowd's growing bigger and bigger every game, man. We're happy to see them guys here. Uh, but, man, I think this is just one of those times in your life where you just got to trust yourself. That's what I did, and I think it was the best decision for me. You actually could be, I know that's not what you're here for, but you could actually be a good recruiting tool. Say, look, it worked for me. It can work for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just getting back to the uh, Mississippi community, man. Just letting them know that you don't have to go out of state to play a good basketball. You know, um, I've stayed in the state all four of my years. Uh, this happens to be one of my best years. But, you know, just recruiting the guys that's down here, that's, um, that's gritty, you know, that just wanted to play hard. You know, that's what Mississippi basketball is all about. And um, I think we can start bringing that to Southern Miss with them seeing me and other guys like Mo doing it as well. 
So uh, let's talk about your individual game now. What are some things that you're that you're working on? Um, one thing I'm working on right now is just my consistency. Just staying where I'm at, make sure I'm good uh, in the weight room, on the court. Uh, also, making the right we- reads. Uh, I had a couple of uh, bad turnovers, I think, in my mind, uh, a couple of games. So uh, I'm just trying to be consistent with my ball handling. Just make sure I'm good all the way around. You know, um, it's a long season. You know, it's gonna be ups and downs. It's just part of the game. But um, I think right now, just make sure I'm making the right reads, uh, staying consistent on my body. Just so I'm in for the long run. Not many people can say that they've seen it from a first point of view playing in the SEC and playing in the Sun Belt. How would you compare the two styles of play? How are they alike? How are they different? Um, I, I would say they're alike uh, with the fast pace. Uh, you can see a lot of the teams in the Sun Belt um, and SEC uh, both press a lot. You know, it's, um, so I think. Just a fast-paced game is the same. It's very physical both ways. Uh, the refs let you play a lot. Uh, I said the differences would be um, uh, one of the key differences would probably be. Um, I really don't know. Uh, I say in the SEC we have a lot of stretch fours, a lot of guys that can make shots down here in, in the SBC. Uh, it's a lot of big man fours, you know, that can get it down low, they rebound the ball very well. Um, but in the SEC it's a lot of more shooters. And I'm happy that we have one of those guys who could be, which is Dre Felipe, those guys who can shoot the ball and be uh, 6'9", 6'10". But, yeah. Well, the, the passing on this team, and, and everybody who has been just kind of a passive fan in the past has said, man, these guys pass the ball. It's so crisp. It's so quick. What's what's the key to our to our passing game? Um, we have a point five mentality, man. Uh, that's a half a second. If you don't have anything, if you can't shoot it, you can't dribble it in half a second, man. Pass it. So um, that's one thing that we really uh, key in on our players. Uh, we just want to make sure that we meet, keep the ball moving. It's hard to guard when the ball is moving at the pace that we move it. And um, we can see a lot of our success with our assists when we have high assist games. That's when we have a very good games such as James Madison. We have 23 assists, which is one of the season highs, you know. So, man, just moving the ball creates a lot of uh, a lot of disadvantages for the other team, and it works good for us. Athletes will many times say we don't necessarily play the other team. We play ourselves. You know, we just try, we try to get better. We want to win the league. If not, in this case, you want to finish in the top four so that you get the double bye mm-hmm. in the tournament. So, what do you guys want? What is the biggest concern right now as this team tries to get better? Um, our, big, our biggest thing is just being who we are, being true to us. You know, uh, like you said, uh, I feel like once we play to the ro- to the rate that we need to play, we can beat anybody in the uh, in the conference. But man, we just take it day by day, stacking days, stacking games. You know, we had a one game season every game. That's how we think of. It. We don't think we have ten more games. We have one more. Uh, one, we have one big game ten times. You know, just you know, that's the big thing about it. Just staying consistent. You know, we we know that we can win games just by playing our game, and uh, I think we need to stay true to that. Final question. Then I, want, I don't want to get back to you on, on, a, on a purely human level. Yeah. The risk that you took, and look, let's face it, it was a risk, mm-hmm. right, coming to, to Hattiesburg from, from where you were. Um, not an easy decision for somebody to make and then follow through with. What was it in your mind that you just said, this is the move for me. This is going to work. Oh man, trusting in God, man. Uh, I have a lot. I have a great team around me with uh, Nick, uh, my girlfriend, my family. Um, they just felt that I needed to move. And um, a lot of people say that I should have, I could have, or should have went another high major, went somewhere power five. But man, just bend, your, bend on yourself, you know. Um, I heard this one good uh, quote before, where um, a water bottle in a, in a gas station maybe two dollars. A water bottle at a concession stand maybe three dollars and fifty cents. And a water bottle on an airplane maybe six dollars and fifty cents. You know, so your value really determines the environment that you're in. And uh, I know I can be good wherever I'm at. And uh, so 
you know, you can determine your own value by the hard work that you put in. And I'm glad that I made this decision to be come down here to be with these great people, this great community. Man, it's been great for me. It's been a blessing. I'm glad I took that risk. Um, and just bet on yourself. Just bet on yourself, man. You know what you're capable of, man. Don't don't put don't put a limitation on me when it's people who walked on the moon. You know what I'm saying? Sky's the limit, but people walked on the moon, so you can't put a limitation on me. Well, thank you for sharing your skills with us, and we really do enjoy your work. Continued success. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you. You guys will remember when Austin, before the season ever started, came to the studio with Dominique Davis and Malia Grayson, and they were putting on a fundraiser for for underprivileged kids in the community. And uh, Kelly and Luke, we knew then that he was a special kid. He was so optimistic, so polite, so articulate, and he has been a huge addition to the program. Yeah, he really has. You're looking at what he's doing this season, 17.6 points a game. That leads the Golden Eagles. And the the biggest part for me um, is he has breathed, like, life. Like, he's so consistent in what he does. And people say, you know, think of him as just a guard. He's six foot five. Big dude. Kelly can attest to that, you know, talking to him. But he's shooting right at 50%. From the field, he's like second in minutes in the whole of, of, of everybody on the court. Hadn't come out hardly at all, he and Hase, but he has been the X factor. He's the leading scorer on the team, and he's basically shown. I don't, I mean, I'll be honest, guys, I don't know how, uh, he didn't stay in, in a power five conference because he is, he has become the best player, uh, for the Golden Eagles. The thing, the thing that you notice about him when you're around him and talk to him too is he's, he's confident. But he's not arrogant, and there's a difference. I think, and, and Luke's played this game, played football at a very high level. You have to be confident, you know, in your ability and in your skills. And I like when he was talking about, you know, the value of, of bottled water is what you determine, you know, what, what you're worth, and and for and not to set limits on him or on this team, but sometimes, you know, at Southern Miss. And, and he kind of mentioned this off off uh, the the microphone is is sometimes in the past I think that we as a fan base have limited what we think that the school can do, you know. And and he said one of the things that we set out to do this year as a basketball team is to prove to people that a lot of those negative Nellies and naysayers are wrong, that we only put limitations on ourselves. And he said the best for them is yet to come. Well, won't that be something? All right, Kelly also uh, had a great interview with uh, Mo Arnold, who's one of the kids that stuck around and is in reaping the benefits of that now. We'll have that conversation with that young man uh, tomorrow. Also, we'll be at Media Day tomorrow uh, for baseball. So uh, come Friday, uh, we'll be bringing you a lot of baseball interviews, and uh, we've got a, a lot of stuff lined up uh, for baseball. Basketball soaring, baseball starting. Things just look good right now, fellas. And you know when when you, you you mentioned baseball, the media day coming tomorrow, Bob. And as many people as the Eagles lost last year, really, and it's an important position, the pitching staff, right? But really, the nuts and bolts of the starting nine, most of that is still intact. They're almost all coming back. Yeah, it's going to be a loaded baseball team. All right, when we come back, Patrick McGee, Nola dot com. It seems like the former Saints coach is headed somewhere, but doesn't appear that he's coming back to. The Big Easy. And what will the Saints get if he does leave? We'll be right back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to remind you, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast every day on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, Campus Bookmark uh, on Hardy Street, campusbookmark.net if you're shopping online. Guaranteed that they have basketball, and I guarantee you a lot of baseball stuff in stock right now. Every size for every member of the family. Miss Kathleen is simply the best person in Hattiesburg. And it's located there right between Subways, the Subway Sandwich Shop, the Beignet Shop, and the Pancake Place. You notice how I've got all the restaurants. So that's how you identify it. Yeah. <laughs> it is close to Mobay Beignet Company, which has yeah. the best beignets uh, in Hattiesburg. And uh, maybe anywhere. I don't know. I think they're better than those beignets in New Orleans. But I'll tell you who might know is Patrick McGee. I bet he's had a few... Uh, beignets in new orleans but patrick uh, have you had a mobe beignet yet i have not i'm actually not in camp uh beignet uh, uh i just i just don't think i think they're a little bit overrated in general but i'm sure they're fabulous well the next time you're here we'll take you to mobe beignet company and buy you a beignet and get the new orleans get the new orleans evaluation how does that sound <laughs> yeah i I'm, I'm down for that yeah you know luke ate six of them in two minutes and 30 seconds I'll buy six if you can do that, Patrick. No. <laughs> I don't think that's worth that being given free, six free beignets. That, Blue I, Mike I can knock it that. out, though. Blue can probably do that. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, you know, there was some talk uh, at one time that Sean Payton might make a triumphant return that we know now that's not going to happen. And you were telling me off air that you're not really sure at this point that Sean Payton's going to coach anywhere. Yeah, uh, uh, not this season. I guess that's kind of where things appear at the very moment. It, it seems very uncertain that he's going to be uh, having uh, getting a job uh, uh, ahead of the 2023 season. Um, and right now you see second interviews being lined up for a lot of these candidates. And at the moment, uh, uh, there's no such second interview for Sean Payton. Uh, to start the week, there I think the Payton camp was fully expecting to get a second interview with the Broncos, uh, Jeff Duncan, uh, uh, who's a longtime writer for us, he reported that Peyton was planning on uh, traveling to Denver in advance of a probable second interview, but that just hasn't come to fruition. He has sec- he has lined up an interview with Arizona, but that's that's the first. So I, you know, I think it comes down to is you know Peyton's asking for a lot of money, and I'm sure he's asking for a good bit of control uh, over the franchise. So. Uh, when you add all that together, plus you've got it, you would have to give up pr- uh, probably a first round pick, uh, to acquire Peyton. Uh, it's just, it, the, the, the price is really high. <laughs> and I think, uh, there, there's the understanding that say if Peyton doesn't take a job this go around, uh, in 2024, uh, the, the price won't be quite as, as bad as far as like, I don't think this, they'd have to give up a first round pick for the Saints to this. He's under contract with the Saints through 2024. Uh, so anytime anybody wants to hire Peyton before that, uh, before the end of 2024, we'll have to compensate the, uh, the saints. Uh, but at this point, you know, he's, he could still get hired, but I think the odds, uh, are fairly, or, or just relatively slim at the moment. On one hand, Patrick, you'd think if he's really not interested in coaching, why waste everybody's time by going through the interview process? But I guess when you look at through his eyes, what is there to lose? I mean, if somebody gives you, you know, a gazillion dollars that you don't right. anticipate, then, then, you, then you think about it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you, you go in there, you know, he, he probably all along knew, was like, I'm going to ask for a lot from these teams. If one of them is willing to step up and do it, you know, yeah, I'll be willing to step up. But I don't think any of these jobs are really his ideal. Uh, anytime a coach gets fired, it's not going to be an ideal situation usually. Uh, I guess there was some hope in Sandy, with the, the Chargers uh, that maybe they would move on from uh, uh, their coach and, and give you know Peyton a chance to move in and coach a Justin Herbert, but obviously that didn't happen. Well, the, the other yeah, the, and the other thing was there was this dream that a lot of Saints fans had uh, that the old guy in Tampa, what's his name? That's the the goat. Oh yeah, yeah uh, well uh, Tom Brady that he might that he and Peyton might unite somewhere, but that now mm-hmm. looks like that's not going to happen either. No, I mean, I, that was kind of, you know, I think it was pro football focus that put that out, or pro football talk, I think, that put that out. And they're known for kind of floating stuff <laughs> and just creating a chatter, and that's kind of what that was about. Uh, but, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, at this point, I think Peyton probably sits this season out and then comes back in 2024. All right, Luke, 1 to 10, 10 being really disappointed. How disappointed are you that the coach is not coming back? Which coach? Because Dennis Payton. Allen is coming back. <laughs> Sean Payton, the winning coach. Oh, uh, well, it was, it was kind of a pipe dream. I mean, you know, it's just one of those everything would have to align. And, and when they got behind Allen after what Patrick week 16 or 17, it wasn't going to be. I'm more concerned about the Saints losing coaches. So this just uh, coming out from the Vikes Insiders on Twitter, Ryan Nielsen is a potential Minnesota defensive candidate. The other defensive coordinator and DB's coach is, uh, is Chris is it Richard. Uh, it looks like yeah. that the Dolphins have interviewed him. They also, uh, the Falcons are reaching out. I mean, are the Saints going to lose any of these assistant coaches? Uh, it remains to be seen, but yeah, I think there are serious candidates. I think everybody respects what the Saints have done defensively in recent seasons. Dennis Allen has done a good job on that side, so it makes sense that you know he would have somebody on the defensive uh, side that's going to be a strong candidate somewhere else. But strangely, nobody really sees that offensive staff of the Saints as yeah. <laughs> worthy of bringing in. Uh, so that probably tells you a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a decent chance they probably have one or two guys leave the defensive staff and move on and try to you know uh, set the, you know uh, try to build something else out, uh, something outside of the Saints franchise. So it would make a lot of sense for those guys if they want to. Uh, get out from under Dennis Allen's thumb, where he's you know he's already running the defense. Why not get out and try to get more pet, more sway somewhere else? Yeah, I just can't believe that no, you know, nobody's throwing uh, you know stuff at, at the Saints' offensive staff. Can't believe nobody's offered a second round pick for Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton either. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just kind of mystifying at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, so so the the way too early draft scenarios for the Saints, Patrick. I mean, what do they need and what's realistic? How much time have you got? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, drafting a quarterback, I guess, would make some sense. But, hell, how long is it? You know, when's the last time the Saints drafted a quarterback in the first round? Uh, I don't think they've done it since Archie Manning, So, uh, which is just crazy. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. This will all kind of shake out as, as the free agency kind of comes into focus and Who's moving? And do they move on from some guys? Do they try to move some pieces to move up in the draft? I think there's just so much to be determined there that we're just going to have to wait and see. I would think, you know, at this point, I think one obvious thing they need to do on offense is just get a big, strong receiver who can work on the outside and go up and catch the ball, you know, and get some contested receptions. They really didn't have that whenever Michael Thomas was was wasn't on the field, which is obviously most of the time. 
And if, uh, so yeah, there's 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 a lot of things to fix. And if and if they decide to go elsewhere other than Andy Dalton as the the play caller, I would expect they're going to go the free agent route. There are cars, the name I'm hearing. Well, there uh, there are, will be some quarterbacks out there, but as far as the the draft class goes, you know, you talk to people who follow this stuff religiously, and they say that compared to several draft classes of years past, this is not a quarterback rich draft. Uh, Patrick, would Derek Carr be a good fit for the Saints? I think a lot of people put his name out there. Um, I, I, you know. It, it, if the Saints can kind of learn something from the, exper- the experiment they've had the last two seasons, it's hard to take a guy that's been in the league four or five years, and then ex- or even longer, and expect him to suddenly you know take it up another notch. You're going to get what you're going to get out of this guy. And Derek Carr is a guy who's been very good at times, but uh, much like an Andy Dalton, just was never able to really go over the hump, uh, whether it was in the postseason or just really kind of a, a consistent Pro Bowl type quarterback. So. Uh, if the Saints are smart, I think they've got to go younger at the quarterback position and really build for the future. Luke, who do you like as the new Saints quarterback? Uh, Y.A. Tittle, is he available? Sonny uh, Jurgensen, I think, has still got a couple years left with him. Patrick, Patrick is right. The Saints have not selected a quarterback in the first round except in 1971, second overall Archie Manning. That is staggering. I guess Billy Joe Tolliver and John Forcade and Bobby Bear weren't available back then. <laughs> Those are all scraps off the heap, Ben. I mean, they, they, I mean Bobby Bear. he was coming out of the USFL. Tolliver got re- rejected somewhere else. I mean, now, you know, they may have a Bryce Young available. You know, I'm somebody that's a big believer in Bryce Young. Uh, if they can, you know, trade up high enough to maybe get him, I don't think they'll be able to do that. But Would he be in the same him, category really, as, like, I don't really, yeah. same category as Jim Everett, Aaron Brooks, those type of guys? Steve Walsh. Yeah. Steve Walsh. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I would take Bryce Young in a hard Bryce, very, yeah. very young, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of Young, I, there's just nobody out there that really kind of jumps out as a, as a surefire. And if, I'm not a big believer in Will Levis. That guy turns it over in bunches. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't think Hendon Hooker maybe is a second or third rounder. I think that's probably worth taking a chance. Wait a minute. A guy named Hooker in New Orleans? That'll never that'll uh, never fly. That'll never fly. Right, that, I, I hate to break it. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Schuler, yeah. Kerry Collins, yeah. Jeff Blake. Yeah. The, the list go. goes on and on. All right, Patrick, keep your ear to the ground. We'll check in you with you next week and see if there's any more right. Saints news. Okay, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. Our go-to man when it comes the Luke's New Orleans Saints. You mentioned Derek Carr. You know, he and Dennis Allen worked together in, in Oakland at the time. Wade so. Wilson. Former Viking as well. Richard Todd. Former Jet. Billy Kilmer. Former Redskin. Kenny Stabler. No uh, way. The Snake. Uh, you can't say Redskin. Very offensive. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. We encourage you to have lunch there. We know if you go once, you'll be back. Also remind you that the basketball game will be on the TV tomorrow night at 4th Street Bar and Grill. You can count on that as well as Saturday afternoon. So if you can't make a game in person, the best place to be is 4th Street Bar and Grill. Because if Southern Miss is playing, you can be sure it's on the TV's 
uh, there in the shadow of the rock. All right, uh, glad to have Matt Stoltz back on the Eagle Hour. He's the play-by-play voice for Arkansas State University. That's where the Golden Eagles will be tipping it off tomorrow night. And, uh, Matt, uh, fair to say Arkansas State struggling a little bit. I think lost seven straight. What do they have to do to snap that tomorrow night against the Golden Eagles? Well, they've uh, they've lost seven straight. That's right. And, by the way, great to be with you guys once again. I uh, appreciate you having me. But, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough stretch, but I will tell you, I think there were some encouraging things this past week. And uh, you, you go back to the, the last meeting against Southern Miss, which was just 11 days ago in Jonesboro. You know, I think we've seen now the top three teams in the Sun Belt with Southern Miss, uh, the Raging Cajuns, and then – uh, this past Saturday, we saw Marshall, and those are the three teams right now that are atop uh, the Sun Belt standings, part of that three-way tie. So those have been the last three opponents for the Red Wolves, and, and you go back to that first meeting uh, with the Golden Eagles, uh, that's a, a tie game at the half, you know, but it was that 10-minute stretch to begin the second half that Southern Miss really kind of pulled away, and the Red Wolves you know, were out of the game at that point. And then you go back to the two games last week. They got down early against the Cajuns and then kind of you know, found a rhythm after that, got it to within five at, at a couple of points in the second half, but just couldn't get over that hump. And then I thought uh, they played really, really well Saturday against an extremely talented Marshall team. Uh, we were shorthanded going at, you know, without one of our starters and Terrence Ford uh, took Marshall to overtime and um, ended up losing uh, in the extra period. But, you know, obviously at this point you're not looking at any kind of moral victories, but I thought that, uh, uh, I thought that Arkansas State did make some strides here in the past week or so. Matt, I want to go back to that first game when the Eagles were in Jonesboro, and it really was a tale of two halves. The first half – half the Red Wolves really kind of handcuffed the Eagles the Eagles didn't shoot the ball very well in in that first half and then what from your vantage point and where you were sitting what was the biggest difference was it something that Southern Miss was doing differently in the second half or just lack of execution on the Red Wolves part well I think a little bit of both Uh, I think you've got to give credit first though to Southern Miss Uh, I think what they did was just dominate on the glass. I thought offensive rebounds were really the story of the game, offensive rebounds and and then second-chance points. And Southern Miss was able to take advantage of their physicality, uh, their size. Uh, That really was the the number one difference in that ball game. And, yeah, it was tied at the half, but that first 10-minute stretch of the second half, I think Southern Miss outscored the Red Wolves 31-6. to So, at that point, ten minutes remaining in the game, uh, the game was over. And, uh, you know, it was it was just uh, too much to overcome at that point. But, but yeah, I was really, really impressed with just the overall physicality of, of what what we saw from Southern Miss that night. They've been, they've been able to take care of the basketball statistically pretty well, the Eagles have. You talked about uh, they've been doing well rebounding, but the bench depth, too. There's, this team probably goes 10 or 11 deep. Was there anything that, from, from your guys' point of view, that is the Red Wolves and the coaching staff's point of view, that, that you didn't expect from Southern Miss in that first game and, and are ready for this time? You know, I think the experience, 
you know, was a huge factor in that game. Obviously, I mean, you guys know Southern Miss is, is the oldest team age-wise in, in all of Division One this year. And, you know, I think that experience goes a long way. We've got some guys that uh, are playing their first year of Division One basketball that are playing some, some very big roles for us this season. And, and I think that experience is a big factor. I, you know, I don't think we were surprised at all with the, the level of defense they played. We knew they were big. I think uh, the the size is something they they knew they were getting, but the the level of physicality I think may have been even more impressive than than what we even uh, expected going into that first meeting. Luke, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, I, I was looking back at the Marshall and Louisiana line scores, and it seems like there was uh, you know Caleb Fields is the the Red Wolves. Leading scorer, he only scored eight uh, against Southern Miss, and and I know the last two games he's been in double digits as a leading scorer. And it's not like he's way above everybody else. I think him and, and El Sheik are, are right there together. But but what are they looking for for Caleb Fields to do tomorrow night that maybe he didn't do in the first game? Well, Caleb's at his best when he's uh, in, in attack mode, and you know he's a point guard and he's a. He's an experienced guy. He's the leader of this team uh, on and off the court. And, uh, you know, he's uh, you know, he's not a guy that says a lot, but when he does speak, his teammates listen. And uh, just a, a really high IQ guy, uh, kind of leader that, that you like to have. And, and one thing that he does, like I said, he attacks and uh, draws fouls. And uh, I think when he's doing that, getting to the line, that's when the Red Wolves are at their best offensively. In fact, you know, look, uh, you know, Caleb's listed at, at six feet tall, but you know, he's second in the conference in free throw attempts. That tells you just how often he gets to the stripe. And uh, when, when he's able to create some, some space, drive the lane, uh, get to the rim, that's when he's at his best. I do want to ask you, uh, we were talking off-air earlier, just the three of us, about Southern Miss having height this year. You guys have a freshman. Um, I believe he's from Morocco, and uh, you can tell me specifically how to pronounce his name. But he's seven foot two. And how do those interviews go, Matt, uh, with, with you and him? Like, like uh, how high does the microphone have to be lifted up? Well, he, he's from Casablanca, Morocco. He's seven two, and his name is Aladine Boutayeb, and uh, a fantastic young man. Really enjoyed uh, having him around the team this year. Yes, he, he's got he's got that size, and uh, uh, obviously that that's uh, one of the first guys that you notice. The first guy that that you probably notice when when the team gets off the bus. But uh, he's a guy that I, I think. As you said, as a freshman, he, he's still very raw. I think once he uh, kind of develops his talent a little bit, he he does stretch the floor a little bit for a guy that size. Uh, he can shoot from, you know, 15 feet out and, and be pretty effective. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, wants to put a little bit of extra muscle on and become a little bit more physical, but 
Yeah, not too often uh, <laughs> do you get to, to have that 7-2 guy listed on the roster. Absolutely. One, one more question for me. What's been your take of the conference this year? You you talked earlier, you know, the you guys faced the top three teams the last couple weeks, but it just seems as if there's, there's more parity. This is year one for us, but does it seem as if there's more parity in the league this year? I think I think the conference is in a fantastic position right now, and you know, hopefully, with the net rankings at the end of this thing, uh, yeah, I know we're going to continue to beat up on each other. That's that's uh, the way it's been to this point. But yeah, hopefully, the Sun Belt can be in a good position to get multiple teams in the league, especially with us having fourteen teams in the or multiple teams in the tournament, rather. Especially with us having fourteen teams. Uh, in the league now, I think that there's too many talented teams uh, to just send one to the NCAA tournament. And I think just watching the last couple of weeks and what we've seen, and I mentioned you know, our last three games have been against the, the three teams that are currently tied for first. I think you know, any one of those teams uh, you know, look like an NCAA tournament team right now. So uh, I'm anxious to see how it all plays out. It, it is I think the league is in as as good of a state as it's been in a very long time, and I think the the four new additions to the league uh, have helped the league uh, tremendously here in the first half of the season. All right, Matt. As uh, always, man, we appreciate your input. Uh, game time is uh, what time tomorrow night? Seven p.m. at uh, Reed Green. Seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. Hey, before you go, real quick, the kid from Casablanca has he seen the Humphrey Bogart movie, or have you ever asked him about it? You know, I, I need to I need to talk to him because that is my favorite movie, and uh, I I have been working for ways to kind of reference some of uh, the classic lines from uh, from that movie at some point. So once he starts to see the floor a little bit more, then uh, we'll start working those in. All right, Matt. We appreciate you, man, very much. I look forward to a good game tomorrow night. All right, guys. Great talking with you. All right, Matt Stoltz, play-by-play voice of Arkansas State University. Golden Eagles in Arkansas State teeing it up tomorrow night uh, on the road. No, no, it's here. Here, here, here yeah. in Hattiesburg. And so we'll all look forward to that. Uh, should be another good physical conference basketball game. Nope. One of those lines from Casablanca when that word him for Bogart said, play it again, Sam. You played it for her, you can play it for me. I think that may be right. I that, wasn't alive. Or was that the Maltese Falcon? I don't Kelly, you were an extra on set, right? <laughs> I was. I was back there with Peter Larry. Isn't it, isn't it a shame these young folks have no reference to these great, great moments in history? But I, he kept winking and blinking. <laughs> 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 Southern Miss to the top. Good times with Matt Stoltz, the play-by-play voice for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Eagles take on Arkansas State tomorrow night in the greenhouse, 7 p.m. First tip, Arkansas State coming in 9-12 and overall, but 1-7 in the conference. Matt talked about how it's been a it's been a tough row. They played the Golden Eagles back on January 14th, then Louisiana, then Marshall, and now Southern Miss again, back on that 74-57 victory on January the 14th. Uh, 
That was actually Zanaje Harris's uh, career night: twenty-two points, eight boards. Crowley, eighteen points. Pinkney and Hase both in double digits with a uh, twelve and ten points. So uh, we'll we'll talk. Uh, was it Mo Arnold? Is that who we, we have yeah. the interview for tomorrow? Yeah, talk yeah. He Mo actually talks specifically about the Arkansas State game too. So it'll be be fun to hear that interview tomorrow. Talk about that uh, t- tomorrow for sure. All right, guys. Speaking of basketball, attendance numbers. Golden Eagles. We talked about this last week. Two big games. They could slide into fourth. They have Southern Miss now passing. Louisiana Raging Cajuns, fourth now in average basketball attendance behind Old Dominion, Marshall, and James Madison. Southern Miss now averaging 3,041 fans uh, per game. So uh, that that's big time. Good stuff there. And then uh, a couple couple birthday shout-outs. The first uh, is to, I believe, Caitlin Cartwright. Yeah, Caitlin Cartwright from Southern Miss Track and Field. It is her birthday. And then Tony Brudoff. Brutovsky, I think. Brutovsky. Kelly, you'll have to give me the correction on that. But he's a strength and conditioning coach on staff. So if, if they've run across Twitter, guess what? We're going to give shout-outs uh, to, to those guys. One more news and notes. Congratulations to the McLean family. Athletic director Jeremy's Jeremy, son, right? Cannon McLean, who's at PCS, announced today that he's going to be continuing his academic and athletic career like his dad at Delta State. So great stuff. school. There's going to be a statesman. A great school. Fighting hey, okra. <clears throat> and also, you know, you were talking about uh, basketball. The, the Sun Belt Conference Tournament in Pensacola, we've talked about it a couple times here. Selection Sunday, I believe, is Sunday, March 12th. And you know how in the Conference USA, the championship game would be played on like Saturday the 11th or the 10th, somewhere in there. The Sun Belt actually has its tournament backed up a week. So the Sun Belt championship game will actually be on the Monday, which will be like the 6th of March. So there will be like a whole week that the Sunbelt champion will get to sit by and just wait for everybody else to play their tournaments before they're put into the I like that. official slots. I agree. I, I mean, it's like it's basically like you you play, you travel back, selection Sunday, and then you take off the next day. Yeah, it's almost like you can catch a breather. Yeah, yeah, and and if you if you got some nagging injuries, just get rest up, rested up both mentally and physically. So the the in a strange kind of deal though, the Sun Belt Men's Championship game is on a Monday night. Um, so if the Eagles are fortunate enough to be slotted in one of those top four seeds, their first game would be on Saturday, the fourth would be the quarterfinals. The semifinals are on Sunday, the fifth, and then the championship game would be on Monday night. March guess what? What else is guess really what, exciting? Kelly? What's that? Guess what? Bob has graciously announced that he will cover the championship game live from Pensacola. I will for this show. <clears throat> I will, and I'll probably do a live report from the Oyster House, which is located about a mile and a half down the road. Ah, the motives are now yeah, being uh, exposed. Really yeah. good fried oysters, <laughs> and grouper, and uh, but yet he's going to the quality the, of this show. The show guys. Yeah, anything. air quotes cover the game. Anything yeah. for the show, guys. You're a great American, Bob. I know it. I am. Hey, we, we should mention this also. The uh, Mississippi House of Representatives passed a, a resolution today honoring uh, Coach Corky Palmer. And, well, of course, good. he'll go to the Senate and, you know, more more business on that when it becomes official. But that that's well, good, good stuff. Speaking of baseball, we've got interviews lined up uh, tomorrow at Media Day with Danny Lynch. You've heard of him before. He's been in all the papers. Christopher Sargent, you've probably heard that. Now, how about Tanner Hall? You ever heard of him? I have heard of him, He's too. He's a pretty good pitcher. Christopher Sargent, what, fourth-string catcher, fifth-string catcher? <laughs> yeah, he is like <laughs> If he fifth, has to be. He is like the fifth-string catcher. <laughs> That's right. right. The home run hitter, first baseman. Danny Lynch, of course, maybe the most uh, 
Well, a great player, but Luke, fair to say, maybe the most colorful kid on the whole team, Danny Lynn. He is, and I'll tell you what, he and Sargent uh, are going to start bypassing Gabe Montenegro for more, most seasons played, because well, between them now, they're around eight or nine. In, in Lafayette, they love Danny Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really <laughs> iconic down there. He's uh, very, very, very popular with uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, when driving through Lafayette, he's got to wear the little plastic nose. What, what the, L- L-U-L, is that what they call it? Ooh-la-la. Ooh-la-la, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh-la-la. Tell you what, you start looking at that schedule, how it's shaping up, that last uh, weekend when the Raging Cajuns come to town, Pete's going to be rocking. There won't be standing room only tickets that, yeah. that weekend. We're looking forward to that. The baseball starts here in just a few weeks. Liberty, of all teams, Liberty will be here to kick things off, Kelly. What, yeah. are, your very, what are your favorites? They're still around. Yeah, and then Michael <laughs> Michael will be pretty fired up, I guess, when the University of Illinois is here. That's back his home country. The Fighting Illini, uh-huh. which now they haven't changed their name. The Illini is a tribe of of fierce it's just uh, very offensive well very apparently offensive. in illinois they're not as offended as other people i you know apparently not so so we're looking for the guys will have the show tomorrow i'll be uh at the media day and then we'll be uh bringing you some great interviews but, uh, but where will he eat lunch tomorrow kelly and let us know where will no, just, gonna, just for the show yeah bob will go eat somewhere and do you know he won't do a live report from the pete but all these things all these perks are, are just for the show fuzzies is pretty close he's making a sacrifice remember yeah. that all right fuzzies and then i'll go get a mobe beignet in honor of you guys if you have to if i have to and i will don't, <laughs> I don't worry. Do. until tomorrow southern miss to the top, to the top. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.